this morning, we're in Mark 1, verses 32 through 37. That evening after sunset, many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. The whole town gathered at the door to watch. So Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases, and he cast out many demons. But because the demons knew who he was, he did not allow them to speak. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Later, Simon and the others went out to find him. When they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. You may be seated. Well, good morning, Hope City. How are you all this morning? Wonderful. Awesome. My name is Katie. I am one of the pastors here at Hope City Church, and I am honored to be uh, with you all this morning speaking to you. We are in the middle of a series called The Jesus Way, where we are taking um, seven stories uh, from Jesus to give us a clue about what was important to him. And of course, there's more than seven things that are important to Jesus, but we chose seven specific things so that we can learn it because if it's important to Jesus, it should be important to us. We want to be more like Jesus. So we're looking at the things that are important to him. And so far, we have learned about how Jesus confronted religion. We learned that he blessed the children. We know that he always brought children along. He said to be childlike, that we should be more like children and we should bless the children. And then last week, Pastor Jason talked about how um, we should eat with sinners, that we are supposed to be in the world and eating with sinners and inviting them to come alongside us at dinner, um, being able to share the gospel and the good news of Jesus. And this week, we're going to be looking at something we read in the scripture that we often forget that Jesus did, and that is to pray and rest, to pray and rest. If we want to be more like Jesus, we have to learn to pray and rest. And we actually spent the entire month of January talking about prayer because it is something that we need to always be going back to, learning. It's our way to connect with God. But I'm not talking about the kind of prayer where you go to God and ask him for something or a need. I'm talking about the kind of prayer that just calms your soul. The kind of prayer where you can say, I can rest in Jesus. That's what Jesus is showing us today. And that's what we're going to talk about because Jesus did this several times in the gospels. He got away to a quiet place and pray and rest because he was tired which we forget that so often because I don't know about you, but sometimes you think like Jesus is like a superhero more than he is human. You think of him as someone who never got tired or exhausted. And we forget that he actually came here to feel what we feel, experience what we experience, and be, he was fully God, but also fully man. So he experienced times of exhaustion. And in fact, I'm going to show you a scene from the show, uh, The Chosen, that shows the human side of Jesus. You'll see that he walks in while his disciples are there eating and they're actually arguing and they see him coming back to their camp from doing ministry and he's extremely tired. So let's check this clip out really quickly. Good 
How does that make you feel, to see Jesus exhausted and tired? Honestly, I hope that it encourages you to know that not only it's, it's okay to be tired, we're being more like Jesus when we experience those moments. Maybe you're exhausted from all your responsibilities, from work, from the pressure of being a parent, no matter what age they are. It can be exhausting chasing toddlers, just as exhausting as it is worried about your adult children. Maybe your responsibilities like taking care of your aging parents, or maybe you work in a job where there's manual labor, or you're just tired because of grading papers or housework. Jesus knows how that feels. But you're not tired because you're weak or broken. You're tired because you're human. You're tired because... We all experience that. We are human. And actually, as I was um, researching things about the sermon and feeling what God had put on my heart, I started looking into the different types of fatigue that we feel. See, there's physical fatigue from just draining things that we do physically. And actually, more often than not, our tiredness isn't from that because our bodies are actually built to do way, way more than we do. In this world today, we don't necessarily have jobs where we're going out on a farm or manual labor all the time. And so physical fatigue isn't necessarily the number one thing that we get tired from, but we honestly think that that's what it is. Like a nap would be good. But other times it's actually things like mental or creative fatigue. Like you're making decisions all day, whether it's decisions about your home or work or people are asking you questions all the time. 
Um, maybe you're a teacher, you have a hundred and something kids and it's just constantly asking questions. You can have mental fatigue where there's fog happening in your brain or um, there's emotional fatigue or they call it compassion fatigue where like your emotions are up and down or you're sitting there, you know, talking to someone who's going through a lot and you just constantly feel like you're tired because you're feeling their emotions or you have your own things you're walking through. And then there's social fatigue. You can become tired from having too much social interaction. That could be physical interaction or it could be virtual. It could be like on social media, emails, texts, virtual. But there's also social fatigue when you're not interacting with people enough. So y'all introverts aren't off the hook. Like you still get tired from being isolated as well, right? And then there's something called soul fatigue, which can be a combination of all of those where our soul is tired. It's a deep tiredness. The way that I like to think of it, I think of it as like a boat that's floating and you have like one hole in the boat is manageable. Like, you know, you've got some little mental fatigue, but I can take a you know, bucket and kind of scoop the water out. But if I have all the holes, like every different kind of tiredness happening, my boat's going to sink, right? And so experiencing that means that you are human. And today we get to see what Jesus does, this routine, this thing that he does that is something that we usually don't do, which is to get away and pray and rest, a regular routine of getting away from the things of your life and praying and resting. In fact, this isn't the only time he does that. He does it several times. Sometimes it's he goes away overnight. Sometimes it's weeks at a time. In Luke chapter 5, verse 15 through 16, it says, but despite Jesus' instruction, the report of his power spread even faster, and vast crowds came to hear him to preach and to be healed of diseases. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness, to prayer. Even though people were coming towards him and learning from him and wanting to be around him, he took time to withdraw and pray. It doesn't, it's not a coincidence that he is drawn to nature in the wilderness. It's not a coincidence that we crave being outdoors or at the beach or somewhere. Maybe for you it's not the woods, but it's somewhere that just feels lighter to be outside because we were actually born, Adam and Eve were in a garden to reconnect with nature is extremely beneficial for our souls. In fact, there's research that says that if you walk around barefoot, it helps with insomnia. The daylight, the first light in the morning has benefits. It says in the National Library of Medicine says the melatonin rhythm phase advanced caused by exposure to bright morning light has been effective against insomnia, premenstrual syndrome, and seasonal defective disorder. And the melatonin precursor, serotonin, is also affected by the exposure of sunlight. Moderately high serotonin levels result in a more positive mood and calm yet focused mental outlook. So being outside in light like Jesus did, getting out into the wilderness is good to calm us. It's good for our soul. It's good for our body. We were created to be disconnected and in God's creation. We were created for that. And we see Jesus do that. And he even tells his disciples to do the same thing. In Mark 6, verse 30, it says the apostles returned from Jesus, or returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, Let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. Jesus doesn't say, Great job, guys, let's throw a party. 
He doesn't say, great job, we need to get back out there. There's more people. There's more, because there are more people that could heal, more people that need to know about Jesus. He says, let's go off by ourselves and pray and rest a while. And this is the point where you're probably expecting me to say, you need to clear up your calendar. You need to do less sports, be on your phone less, which is probably all true, and that would be helpful, but it would also make you feel shame and guilt, which is probably gonna cause emotional fatigue, right? So that's not necessarily what we're gonna talk about today. It'll probably, instead, I wanna focus on what I think is the reason we continue to be busy, we continue to do the things that we do, we continue to do that, and we see it in the scripture that Blake read for us in Mark 1, verse 37, when Jesus returns from being away with God, praying and resting. The disciples say, when they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. The, that's the real problem, isn't it? Because if we're going to talk, talk about getting away, praying and resting, we have to acknowledge the fact that the reason it's hard to disconnect and get away is because people need us. Our kids need us. Our spouse needs us. Our parents need us. Our friends need us. Our kids' coaches need us. Our kids' teachers need us. There's another text message we need to respond to, another email we need to reply to, another meeting we need to attend another place to go, another thing to do. We're busy because we care. We're tired because people are depending on us. And stopping doesn't just feel impossible, it feels irresponsible. It feels like it would be irresponsible for us to get away. And yes, we would like for people to leave us alone every now and then. And we can't wait to get away from it all sometimes. But if you're being honest, it feels good to be needed. It gratify, it's gratifying to be busy. There's like an emotional reward knowing that someone needs you or wants you. Doesn't being in demand say something about you? It says you're responsible, reliable, available, relevant. After all, they need you. We all like the feeling of being wanted and needed. And in fact, if you don't ever really address the issue when you grow older and retire and you're no longer needed by your kids or have a job that fulfills you, it says that retire, retirement increases the probability of suffering from clinical depression by 40%. Because we need to be needed. And as you grow older and you feel like you're not needed, you lose a part of your identity. You lose a part of that. And then the years that you would think would be the most fulfilling becomes the saddest years because you no longer have the emotional, emotional reward for someone relying on you. We need to be needed. In a lot of ways, busyness is a badge of honor. Think about it this way. Like, what do you think about someone who has never has anywhere to go? Or what if you walked into a doctor's office and their door was cracked and he was like taking a nap or she was like reading the newspaper? Like what would you think about that doctor? See, we think that busyness is what we all need to have. We would be like, doctor better get his stuff together and start working, right? Ryan Holiday in his book, Stillness is the Key, tells a legend about how Napoleon delayed responding to mail 
His secretary was instructed to wait three weeks before opening any correspondence. When he finally did hear what a letter would say, he loved to note that the supposedly important issues had somehow resolved themselves. So he waited three weeks to open it and everything that he would have deemed important and being needed to be due in that moment would resolve itself. And even as I tell you that, you're probably like, well, Katie, it's 2023. That's Napoleon. We're talking like mail. And I'll give you that, but there's some part of you that longs for that kind of control or courage to say that I'm not going to respond or I'm not going to be there. I'm not going to always be there for every single person. The kind of non-urgency to everyone else's demand that demands of you. We want that life sometimes, but we are unable to adopt or unable or unwilling to adopt the lifestyle behind it. In Jeremiah 6, 16, it says, this is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old, godly, godly way to walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rest for your souls. But you reply, no, that's not the road I want. Busyness is a great distraction, especially if your responsibilities feel noble. Time is something we feel like we don't have. Work and even work that we don't enjoy gives us a sense of control or power makes us feel good about ourselves. But if anyone had a reason to keep going on mission, it would be Jesus. There was more people to heal, more people to save, but instead of of showing up for everyone else's expectation, he was able to take time away and pray and rest. But why was Jesus able to do that? Even though people needed him. We all know that it feels good to be needed but he was able to say no to an entire town. People that needed him in that moment, and he said, it's more important for me to get away and pray and rest. And so if we wanna live the Jesus way, we have to be comfortable saying no to the demands and expectations of other people. Even when our ego wants to say yes. But even if I'm being honest, some of you are actually like, it's really not that hard for me to say no. I don't really like being around people that much, so no. (laughs) got it social gathering no you know some of us it's easier to say no than others but the reality is if you dig deeper you see that Jesus wasn't just saying no to being around people he was saying no to the thing that we view as the most valuable thing about him See, the Greek word for healing is also salvation he was literally saving people But instead of continuing to do that, he thought it was better for him to go away and pray and rest. So there's something about you that you feel is valuable that you have to continue to do. It might not be showing up physically for someone, but it might be that you are dependable or you're the ear that they call or the person that kind of keeps their cool in a situation or, you know, you can't not answer the phone when it's your mom because she needs you. You can't not be there for them because they need you. Emotionally, maybe there's a role that you play in the family that if you don't show up, you don't feel like it's gonna happen. If you don't show up in the way that you feel valuable or worth, then everything will go to the wayside. But Jesus walked away from the thing that he knew was valuable in order to pray and rest. What if getting away in isolation with God 
meant that you are no longer able to do the thing that you feel like brings the most value. Would you be able to do it? The thing that the people compliment you the most on. The thing that you feel like God has gifted you to do. God says, I need you to stop doing that and spend time with me. Could you do it? I'm sure Jesus knew that healing people was valuable. Jesus was doing the very thing that we feel is worthy. He was fulfilling his purpose and his role, but he decided to wake up before dawn and walk away from the adrenaline rush, walk away from the entire town of people, walk away from his friends to be in solitude and pray and rest. But what keeps us from being like Jesus? Why are we unable to do that? Why are we unable to set aside the things that we feel like brings us value and just be with him? Whether you're a CEO or a stay-at-home mom, there's something deep within you that you feel like you have been trained to believe that is the most valuable thing about you. That if you don't do it, then you have no worth. The role that you have played and adopted and to stop doing it even for a short time feels impossible. See, Pastor Jason talks about this a lot in his book, Deep Change, but this is why we must get away and pray and rest because the only way that we can escape from the adrenaline that comes from being good at whoever, whoever everyone else needs you to be. But we can't seem to get away and disconnect. There's lots of reasons I could give you. It could be, you know, because... Steve Jobs invented the iPhone in 2007 and our brains never were bored ever again. Like we are literally connected all the time. Or it could, I could talk about the importance of Sabbath rest because that's important. That's something you need to adopt in your life. And, or I could talk about having margin or uh, hobbies. I could read you one of our favorite scriptures around here, Matthew 11, that says, Come to me all who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest Take my yoke upon you, for the burden I give is easy and light. And I could talk about how important it is to be yoked to Jesus. The yoke is the instrument that yokes two bulls together and how important it is to have Jesus yoked to you. And that's important. I could tell you how essential that is. And that would all be helpful. That would all be habits that you could create. But then if we're being honest, we just go back to the same routine that we were before. We'd be like, yes, Pastor Haiti, got it. Sabbath rest, got it wake up early, got it, and then you go home, but then your flesh kind of draws you away and the snooze button kind of gets you and you know, you're like, why can't I continue this? But the reality is, is that we just have to stop. Stop being the person that we feel like we have to be for everybody else. Stop doing the thing that you feel like brings the most worth in the world, but why can't we do that? Why does it feel like there's like an elephant on my chest when I think about the fact that I'm gonna put my phone away for 24 hours and not be able to be reached? Why does it feel like it's impossible to stop because of fear? It'll start out as fear of like, well, what if they need me? What if the school calls? What if, what if, what if, what if? Well, there's an emergency, no one can reach me. But when you start getting away, you realize that like, you know, your phone off for a few hours, nobody's calling which at first feels good, but then you're like, oh, they don't need me. And then you're like, what if people realize they don't need me? What if I'm no longer relevant? What if 
the things, my identity is lost because I'm no longer able to bring value to someone's life? What if I can't do the thing I've always done? Then who am I? Nothing reveals our insecurities and fear more than sitting alone, unable to do the things that we feel like we are supposed to be doing. In Jesus, we see a person without any insecurity or fear. He did not need to be needed. He wasn't afraid of falling short of other people's expectations of him. Jesus, when he was baptized, came out of the water and God opened up the heavens and said, this is my son who I am well pleased before Jesus ever did anything for God. Before he healed people, before he he fed 5,000, before he did anything, God said, I am pleased with him. And Jesus knew that. And that's why he was able to walk away from the people that needed him. And the people that were probably upset that he was gone. They were like, everyone's looking for you. Where are you? And Jesus is like, it's more important for me to pray and rest and be with my father. We have to believe that he loves me even if I don't do anything for him. See, I struggle with this. I don't know about you. Like, I feel like I owe God something. The years that I was away from him, I need to make it up to him. If I do more, he'll love me more. But that's not true. God loves us unconditionally, no matter what we do and don't do for him. And Jesus knew that. That's why Jesus could walk away from the crowd in the adrenaline rush, in the emotional high that he got from being around people that needed him. He was able to walk away because he was secure and knew, he knew who he was. We have fears and insecurities that Jesus didn't have because we're sinners. But that doesn't mean that we can't find security in Jesus, find our identity in him. That doesn't mean we can't learn to overcome that when we disconnect and withdraw from our normal routine. We can learn to rest by practice and routine over time. Rest in our bodies, our souls, and our minds. We've shared this quote before, but I'll read it to you again because it's just so good. It's by Pastor Eugene Peterson. It says, I know I can't be busy and pray at the same time. I can be active and pray, which I love because I love to be active, right? I can work and pray, but I cannot be busy and pray. I cannot be inwardly rushed, distracted, or dispersed. In order to pray, I have to pray, I have to pay more attention to God than what people are saying to me. I have to pay more attention to God than what people are saying to me, to God more than my clamoring ego. Usually, for that to happen, there must be a deliberate withdrawal from the noise of the day, a disciplined detach from insatiable from my insatiable self. Deliberately withdrawing from the noise of the day, no longer worried about what other people are gonna think or say if you're not there. Or it says your clamoring ego that needs people to need you. That's the only way you can pray. It is impossible. I can't be busy and pray, it says. I cannot be busy and pray. This has been kind of like a journey for me. Originally, I actually thought that like, Okay, this is great. This is awesome. Does this mean I need to like move into the woods, get a farm, be, you know, be by myself in order to like me, Brad, and the girls, and that's it? And or do I have to live like a monk? Like what do I need to do 
to find time away with Jesus because there's so many distractions. There's so many, can you even, is this even possible in America? It's kind of where I kind of found myself a while ago. And I started just asking God, help me have times of quiet with you. Help me get up earlier and spend time with you. And I started um, hiking, which we talked about how the benefits of being in nature. And a lot of times I go by myself and I'm just there and it's just me and Jesus and it's beautiful because you can have those moments of rest and prayer alone with God in the world that we live in right now. It doesn't require us to move on, you know, sometimes I would picture like a waterfall. If I just was like by a waterfall, I feel like I would, be, I would have quiet and rest over there. No, no, you can find it today in your ordinary life. And I started hiking and I thought, you know what? As a pastor, I wanna model this for people. So I took some women along with me to hike and just be in nature and see what it feels like to just get out and just rest, but be active and pray, right? We can be active and pray. And so uh, one time we were on a hike and it was in the fall and this wasn't our first hike, but it was one that, uh, one of my favorites. And so we're, it's when the, and the leaves were all changing, you know, it's orange and red and beautiful. And we come down around this, over this hill and down and we see this lake and Jessica Manley's reaction when you saw the leaves reflecting off the water was, oh my gosh, Katie. And I was like, yeah, you can find moments like that in your backyard where you're just quiet and resting and seeing the creation that God has around you. Her reaction was so beautiful because I spent so much time thinking that I had to live somewhere else to have something like that but you can have that right here, right now with Jesus. Stepping away from your ordinary life and getting out and seeing his world. I don't have to escape. I can just find peace in those moments. I can experience love's God, love, God's love and grace in my everyday life. You have to do what Jesus did and get away from your normal life and scheduled times are one thing but what we see here is that Jesus did it even when he knew the easy thing would do would be keep going, right? We schedule time away and that's great. But when the easy thing to do is to keep going, keep doing what you're doing and not saying no. But saying no is necessary. Saying no to the things that you normally do is necessary for your faith. It's necessary for your soul to rest and pray like Jesus. And I'm when, yesterday I was, um, I was actually working with my sister. We were at our lake house doing a lot of stuff down there. And she just ha was, she had no idea what I was preaching on. So it was just like a perfect moment that she said this. But uh, I'm just going to brag on her for a minute. Um, so we are sitting there talking. And she's like, you know, thank you for taking Stephen, her oldest son, to school on Friday. And I was like... I take Stephen to school a lot. Like, why are you thinking me? I don't understand. Like, this is a normal thing. But she was like, to be honest, I wanted to take him, but I needed to spend time with God. And instead of taking him and you taking him, I got to spend time with God. And actually my dishes were overflowing and I probably should have done those because my small group women were coming over. But you know what? I just let it go because I needed, she could feel herself needing to spend time with God. Right, And this is a big deal for Allie because she, there's something inside of her that says, I'm a good mom if I'm there for every single thing. I'm a good, like when he was first born, I had to tell her, it's okay that you don't, you're not there for every single bath, right? Like there's something inside of us as a mother that we need to be there all the time for them. 
We need to be the one to drop him. And when we started kindergarten, I need to be the one to drop him off at school. I need to be the one to pray with him on the way to school. I don't want to miss a moment. I don't want to miss anything. Because there is something inside of her that either it's a pressure from herself or someone else that she felt her value came in being a good mom, being a mom that's there. But in that moment, she decided to say, you know what? I'm gonna let the dishes overflow. I'm gonna let my sister take my son to school and I'm gonna spend time with Jesus and pray and rest. And it was beautiful. And we don't always get it right and she doesn't always get it right either. But I bet her small group woman would say that it was better to see a dishes overflowing and her full of the spirit of the Lord than it was for her to spend time cleaning up those dishes and taking her son to school. See, even our noble responsibilities, sometimes we have to say no to in order to get away and be with God. But you can say no and you must say no. The harsh reality is, is that no one will say no for you. The insecure will constantly pressure you to be like them or you will put the pressure on yourself. You can say no to being whoever it is that you feel like you have to be or doing whatever you feel like you have to do to be loved and accepted. You're not rude, you're limited. You're not selfish, you're limited. You're not busy, you're limited. Accepting your limitations that means that you'll be able to find rest in Jesus and the value, and you'll realize that your value is in the fact that you are loved by him unconditionally. Rest for most people looks like a vacation or a nap, but for a Christian, rest looks very differently. I looked up a couple of different definitions of rest. It says to cease work or movement in order to relax or refresh oneself. The rest is an instance or a period of relaxing or ceasing to engage in strenuous or stressful activity. But my favorite definition I saw for rest was to be based on or grounded in or depend on. Resting as a Christian means you're able to spend time doing nothing and knowing that doesn't change how God feels about you. It does not change how much he loves you or cares for you. He is still on the throne when we are away. God is still in control and we can rest and be grounded in that. There's a quote by Tish Harris Warren from her book, Liturgy of the Ordinary. It says, what if Christians were known as countercultural community of a well-rested people who embrace our limits with zest and even joy? As believers, we can relish sleep as not only necessary, but as an embodied re response to the truth of Scripture. We are finite, weak creatures who are abundantly cared, cared for by our strong and loving Creator. We are limited, we are finite and weak creatures, but we are abundantly cared for by our loving Creator. We can rest in the fact that Jesus is still in control. You can relinquish the pressure from yourself or someone else to be or do something for someone else, trusting that even when you spend time in solitude doing absolutely nothing, you trust that the world will still go on because Jesus is still in charge. He is still working things out, believing that even if you feel like you're no longer relevant or that you're, wor you're not allowed to do the things that make you feel worthy, your worth is in the fact that you are loved unconditionally by your heavenly father. Our identity is formed by our experiences 
But so many, so often we forget that our identity is in the fact that we are his children. We think that we have to do something or be something for someone else. But the reality is all we need to do is understand that we are loved no matter what we do or don't do. Jesus worked and walked, but he rested and took naps and he never felt guilty about it. He had inner peace knowing that God was in control. And even though people needed him, he was able to walk away. But that's only possible when you know who you are and whose you are. When you are alone with Christ and escaping the adrenaline that comes from being good at whoever else needs you to be. Do you know who you are? Jesus is able to remind us when we take time away to remind us who we are in him. We can receive his grace, his love, but it requires us the daily discipline of getting away in solitude to remove the fear and insecurity that we feel. It doesn't have to be early in the morning. Even though there's things that are beautiful in the morning, just time to say, I'm not going to do the things that I feel like I should do because I know that I need to spend time with Jesus, praying and resting. Enjoy your time with him. Maybe it is early because you want to, before your day begins, before worry sets in, before things happen, you're able to go to your maker and be reminded that you belong to him. Yes, you hope to make a worthwhile contribution today, but your worth is already settled regardless of whether you meet others' expectations or not. Solitude and prayer gives us a chance for the Holy Spirit to remind us that we are unconditionally loved no matter what we do today or don't do. Your worth is in the fact, is already settled before you even do one thing today. You are more loved than you will truly understand. Jesus reminds us that no matter what we do today, succeed or fail, it does not change what he sees. Because when God looks at us, he sees Jesus. The Jesus way is making a regular practice of getting away to pray and rest, to walk away from the expectations of others, to be so secure in our relationship with him that we can say no to somebody else. But we have to, in order to do that, we have to really truly believe that he does love us. And the way we know that he does is because of what he did for us. The Bible says, while we were still sinners, he went to the cross and died for us. Before we ever did anything right or wrong, he went to the cross and died for us for our sins. So we're able to step away from the expectations of others, the feeling that we have to do something or be something for someone else or for our own worth and realize our worth is settled in the fact that we are his children and that he loves us unconditionally. And in just a moment, our band's gonna come up and we're gonna have a prayer team down front to pray for the things. Maybe you need to pray that you're able to spend time this week to spend with Jesus, to understand how much he does love you, to receive his grace. Affirmation and the need to be needed is not always bad, but if you live and die by that, it could be destructive. We need to know that our value is in him. And we're also gonna have a time of communion. And we do that because Jesus said to do that in remembrance of me. And as you're taking the bread and dipping it in the juice, 
remember that he sacrificed his life for you. That's how much he loves you. That even if you don't accomplish your to-do list today, or maybe someone else feels disappointed by what you do or don't do, it does not change the way God sees you. Because he sees Jesus when he looks at you. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you give us an opportunity to come to you in prayer so that we can have rest for our souls. God, that you sent your son that we can connect with you. God, we thank you that we have an opportunity to come to you daily. God, I pray for those that are struggling to walk away from their daily routines and tasks and whatever it is, God, whatever they feel like they have to be. God, I pray that you just remove that today and help them to remember that they are loved unconditionally by you. God, help us to be a church that prays and rests in your grace and your mercy. Help us feel your presence today, knowing how much you love us, no matter what we do and don't do. Jesus, I thank you that we can come to you, that you can give us strength in our weakness, that we're able to recognize when we're tired or recognize when you're calling us away from our everyday life to spend time with you. God, I pray for the courage to turn off the noise and distractions so that we can just rest in you and in your grace. In your holy name we pray, amen.